Listeners, how the hell are you? Welcome to Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. I'm Michael Paul Smith. I'm Ted O'Gorman. Ted, why don't you tell the people about our first sketch? Sure. This one is a little different. When we had a live stream to celebrate the release of season three last year, we asked you, the attendees, for a title of a sketch that didn't exist yet, and we promised we'd write one for season four inspired by that title. This is that sketch. Welcome to another episode of Creating with Creatives. In this week's episode, I'll be chatting with Ted O'Gurman and Michael Paul Smith. They're lifelong friends that have written and produced a great many projects. Most recently, the fourth season of Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. Hi, guys. Hey, Sally. Thanks for having us. Oh, man. Great to be here, finally, and a medium person. So nervous. This is lovely. (laughs) Ted and Michael, what was the very first thing you created together? That's a great question, Sally. A lot of people yourself included, would probably have thought that our first collaboration way back in high school would have been like, you know, a one-act play, a short story, maybe even a student film of some kind. But no, it wasn't. It really, it really wasn't. Well, please, guys, my listeners need to know, what was it? Sally, we invented something that changed the world. It didn't get any laughs or elicit any tears. We didn't make a dime off of it, although Christ knows we could have. We made it and gave it to the people. This was our polio vaccine. Incredible. Tell us. We were the first people that combined the usage of both fork and knife together. You might say that we invented cutlery. Boom. What's good? Right. Because... That word was not necessary prior to our invention. Nope. You wouldn't have had to say cutlery. It was just knife, fork, spoon. You got to pick one, you stuck with it. Fewer dirty dishes. Sure. But at what cost, Sally? Then we came along. Couple of kids sat down at the old lunch table and thought, let's change this whole game. (laughs) You really think that You, I mean, you really invented modern cutlery. (laughs) Before us, it was unresourceful, chaotic, and downright messy. But you remember those years, Sally, don't you? When the fat cats that run things told us how to utensil? Those bastards love putting people in boxes, but we weren't going into no box. You'd walk into a restaurant, they'd present you with a giant bowl of mixed silverware with a giant bouncer standing over it, glaring at you. And above him was a sign with a skull and crossbones, one per customer. And you're thinking, well, I wanted to start with the chowder, but then a nice medium well T-bone steak would have hit the spot. Now what do I do? What do I do? Medium well destroys the flavor of the T-bone. Shut up, Ted. I was emoting. I was trying to get into the character. I'm just saying, it's disrespectful of the chef and the animal. Quite fr- Just move on. That, this I, is I can't not the have point. a conversation with you this about how you like po- your steak Ted, drink overcooked. Some, drink some cucumber don't, you water. You don't like steak, then. And what restaurant are you describing? All of them. Keep up, Sally. The point is, we fixed it. 
Those bouncers are now checking IDs at bars or roughing up gamblers indebted to the mafia. They're not policing our rightful cutlery anymore. And since our innovation, the industry has exploded. Butter knives, forks just for cake and salad, knives just for steak, spoons just for soup. Shrimp has its own fork, for Christ's sake. Now that we don't have to choose just one, all those specialty dishes are coming out of the woodwork. Let me just rewind for a moment here. You're saying that there was some kind of law that prevented people from using more than one piece of cutlery at a time, like up until you met each other in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Sally, you're talking like you weren't there. I mean, we're about the same age. Mike, she's uh, doing it for the benefit of her listeners. Act like you've done this before. (laughs) Sorry, Ted. Good point. I'm afraid that's just about all the time we have. Time? It's a podcast. I thought run times don't matter. They do. What you've just heard is a... (laughs) Just a bananas and deadly serious debate between two writing partners. You know what they say about the line between genius and madness. Although having met them in person and witnessed the debate firsthand, I'm certainly leaning in one direction in my opinion of them. Nevertheless, thanks for listening to Creating with Creatives. I'm Sally Jennings. And one more thing. Sally, thanks again for having us as guests on your podcast. Your mother has a lovely basement. Thanks to all of you at home for listening to the true story of when Mike and I decided to combine the cutting power of a knife and the stabby power of a fork. I don't think she believes you. Um, I have a degree in history from Queens College, Sally. Yeah, that's right. Queens College. Did I stutter? So yeah, I think I know what I'm talking about. I'm not recording anymore. Oh, really? Huh. Oh. Okay. You didn't say anything. No. Oh. Give a guy a little bit of notice, maybe. It's the polite thing to do. Yeah. Sally gets the last word on her own show, guys. So sorry. Oh. Okay. Okay. You didn't you didn't even plug our socials. They know them. They just don't follow you. Oh. Okay. We'll Uber. Rose, are your biceps made of granite? Does your core look like it was molded after a Greek statue? Well, let's put those muscles to work and... Hold the door! When someone is walking behind you to enter the same building, don't let the door swing closed in their faces. That's a move for men with low-gain chest days. It's more badass to show how light the door is and hold it open for the person following you! Want to win a gold medal at the Sick Dude Olympics? When you're in the elevator and someone is rushing to catch it, Hold the door! You can stick your arm out and physically hold the door, or you can push the button with an icon of open doors! One says strength, the other says intellect. Hold the door! Hi, Arnold. Hey. What's going on? (sighs) Nothing. Just looking forward to celebrating another wet chicken parm sandwich day here at Frogtown High. Fuck this place. Why does the school have to have us sit at these giant tables so we can't even avoid sitting with the kids we don't like? 
And what's worse, we are cursed with having the same four kids that we don't like sit with us at every opportunity. I know! They always find each other. It's like they sniff out other annoying personalities. Oh, they synchronize their schedule, I have no doubt. Johnny always walks a little faster than the rest of them talking to himself. Gee, that light bulb needs to be replaced. Aristotle was a good philosopher and also a playwright. (laughs) (laughs) And then Harriet's right on his heels talking to no one in particular. I wish I could go out this weekend. I have work. Look, it's raining outside. Gross. (laughs) And don't forget Calvin. Oh, uh, look at this. Uh, chicken palm. They ought to serve this up once a week. Hey, uh, ho, uh, get it? Because they do serve it once a week. Bada beep, bada bap, bada boop. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's always explaining his jokes. <laughs> and discussing Italian food. Yeah. Uh, and what about Stuart? Has anyone completed the maths assignment? I thought it was pretty easy myself. Then again, my mind has always been predisposed to be good with numbers. After all, my ancestor was a navigator for Nelson and Trafalgar. <laughs> my doctor says I'm gifted and shan't need to stay in this wretched institution for much longer. As God is my witness, I'm willing to shit my pants right now to keep them away. Spending the rest of the school day with everyone in this high school knowing I shit my pants in the cafeteria would be better than listening to them for 20 minutes. They're coming. They're coming. Shit! Arnold, Becky, good afternoon to you both. Would either of you like a tissue? I keep, I, I keep, uh, I keep several packs in my pockets at all times. as up. <laughs> As I, I'm sure you are aware, because we're best friends. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. You, uh, mind if we sit? <sighs> sure. I say these chairs are dreadfully uncomfortable. It's no way to treat children. I dare say my uncle had better accommodations when he was captured and sent to Colditz. Ho! This chicken palm is pa-ah-ah-ah-ah-amazing! Am I right or am I right? Bada be bada ba bada boop. You know, cause the vowel sound in palm is kinda like the vowel sound A in amazing. Look at all that moots. I don't know. Mine's a little soggy. <laughs> Toot in common with a pharaoh. <laughs> the ancient Egyptians invented beer. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're aware. I read that in my, in this this morning on my my daily fact calendar, and I thought it would be an interesting conversation starter. I forgot my crisps. Anyone have an extra bag of crisps? I have surmised through sampling that Lay's are the superior crisp to Wise. And why has not the headmaster reviewed my request for malt vinegar in the dining hall? We're children, not RAF officers being held in a starlog. You know, my great-uncle Reggie flew during the war. I quite agree, Stuart. The wise potato chips tend to be a little blander. (laughs) Hey, even the name is blander. Okay, I'd rather be laid than wise. See, that's a joke about desiring sex over intelligence. Ho! Bang! A-boom! Bay Ridge! Hey! Oh! This room has an echo. My feet feel swollen. Probably from all the salt. Uh, n- not from the echo. Echoes don't swell your feet. 
Hey now, this lunch would be better if it was a nice bowl of cacio e pepe. Hey yo, why yo, way yo, hey ya. <laughs> I never know what the devil you're on about, but I dare say this meal would be finished best with a Cambridge burnt cream. Mm, scrumptious. Hey, Joanne, a round of milks for me and my friends. <laughs> yeah, you love it. Children, this is a fire drill. Let's all file out. Oh, thank the fuck, Christ! Oh man, I wish it wasn't a drill. Hi there, mid-level executive. Your boss really loves taking credit for your hard work, doesn't he? He closed that big new merger based on your analysis of the deal. The corporate structure is designed to keep you in your current station in life, yet somehow he wines and dines his way up the ladder. But what if there was a way to take out your competition? Introducing Tyburn Industries, my immediate supervisor has been embezzling funds fraud kit. Our patented fraud kit will leave no doubt in the executive's minds that your supervisor has been using company money to fund a lavish private life. The evidence of embezzlement will be so real that the SEC will use it to sentence your immediate supervisor to four to five years in a medium security facility and restitution to the tune of $246,000. Now that's some payback. Your kit will include documents forged with your supervisor's signature, a fraudulent set of company books that can't account for, you guessed it, $246,000. Fake travel receipts attributed to your supervisor's many business trips, and thanks to Tyburn Industries, many of these trips will appear to lack approval. We'll also produce email records that show your supervisor was involved in a high-end sex ring, thus destroying his home life. So, instead of interactions like this, Gail, I need that Rockland memo on my desk by tomorrow morning. I don't care how late you have to stay to finish it. I'm off to the club. You'll enjoy something a little different. Hello. Are you Gail Johnson? I'm FBI Special Agent Regina Winters, White Collar Division. We've just taken your supervisor, a Mr. James Evans, in for questioning. We believe he's embezzled tens of thousands of dollars from your company. We got an anonymous call and... It's not anonymous anymore! I did it! I made the call! And it goes way north of tens of thousands! Please, take a look at this file I've been keeping on Mr. Evans' comings and goings. I think it's all you'll need to put that bastard away for a long time. Thank you, Gail. I'm sure this will be a real help. Here's my card. If you can think of anything else, please, don't hesitate to call. And I'll be sure to let the board know what you've done here. You may have saved this company from becoming Mr. Evans' personal piggy bank. Wait! Agent Winters... Please, when you get to the pictures from the sex club he was in, think of his family. He's probably just a sick man who couldn't control himself, even with a pregnant wife at home. That son of a bitch is gonna get his ass nailed to the wall. Well, whatever you think is best. From there, all you'll have to do is stand behind the one-way glass and watch the fireworks. Evans, I've got enough evidence to put you in prison until you're 70. Rich white boy like you is going to be somebody's little pudding cup within your first 24 hours inside. Of course, you could just make this easy and cop a plea. I'm feeling generous today. I, please, I didn't do any of this. 
I might be an asshole, but I'm not a criminal. And I don't belong to, to a sex club. I love my wife. Don't piss in my ear with all your bullshit. Your secretary blew the whistle. We've got a whole file on you. Lock the door, Garcia. Why, why did the light just go off on the camera? <laughs> Don't hit me. Why are you rolling up your sleeve? What do you gotta say now, huh? What do you gotta say now? Maybe someone's gonna feel real guilty and hang himself with a bedsheet later today. Tyburn Industries guarantees that in a few short months, you'll laugh as your supervisor changes his plea to guilty in order to reduce his sentence. He'll also make a tearful apology to everyone he's alleged to have hurt, including his now ex-wife. Then all you have to do is wait for the day at work when the CEO says, Gail, 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 we are damn lucky you were there to spot what was going on. That man is a huckster. That bastard could have ruined us. I've known his old man for years. That boy is a disgrace to his mother and his father. <sighs> well, he did it to himself. You're damn right he did. And now we'd like you to fill his vacant position. Please know you are a valued employee, and we believe the sky is the limit for you. You are just the plum pie at the blue ribbon party. Thank you, Mr. Peterson. And thank you, Fraud Kits. I'm finally a winner. Fraud Kits. Buy before you lie. This episode goes out to the guy on the subway who needs to listen to his music without earbuds. He just holds his phone up close to the side of his head and blasts his tunes at full volume for all to hear. Thanks, man. Fuck that guy. And if his parents are still alive, fuck them too. They didn't raise him right. Amen, brother. And if his parents are still alive, fuck them too. They didn't raise him right. And then can you say, and fuck Rush. <laughs> and fuck Rush, by the way. Amen, brother. I have a giant Rush poster behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I really have nothing against them. I just thought the Tom Sawyer reference was funny. And if you can work Neil Peart's name into something, it's great. I'm on a slightly new medication. I'm taking an extra Claritin. It seems to be working. What? <laughs> My CPAP machine is due to arrive today. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm all a Twitter. <laughs> It's a little soggier now. <laughs> Tutankhamun was a pharaoh. The sinus infection that I've had for seven years is nothing compared to the... <laughs> you fuck. The sinus infection that I've had for seven years is nothing compared to the rash on my bottom. We have to order special medicated lotion from China for that. The doctor that did my sleep study said that he's never had a patient stop breathing so much and still be alive. My mom says that makes me special. We are all just hanging out in Gail's pig pen watching her eat the hay. We're not even touching the slop. It is all for Gail. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here I go again, on my own. Going down the only road I've ever known. What, is the objective to just get as many songs stuck in people's heads today as possible? <laughs> like a drifter, I was born to walk alone, Ted. I was just about to ask if you were a drifter. <laughs> you took my moment. <laughs> Sorry, Chels. It's all right, and in like 20 minutes I'll have as, as it was. Have you made up your mind? Huh? Been wasting so much time. <laughs> There it is! Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones is written and directed by Michael Paul Smith and Ted O'Gorman. With some room for improv because Mike loves jazz and he's sad he never learned to play the trumpet. This season of the podcast was recorded by Chelsea Cohen with editing, mixing, and sound design by Tom Kelly at Clean Cut Audio. This season was also produced in association with our dear friends over at Mischief Media. And I'm Jillian Pensavale, your executive producer. You can find full credits, including all of our incredible voice talent, plus episodes, transcripts, and more at tedandmichael.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot. And look, I know there are two straight white guys with a podcast, but they're two of the good ones. So can you do us a solid? Thanks. Follow the guys on Instagram at Ted and Michael Podcast and individually at Ted underscore O'Gorman and at NP Smith NYC. You can also find Mike on TikTok at the same handle. For feedback of all kinds, use Ted and Michael at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and stay weird, friends. Bye.